Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! Sports fans, good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time zone you are in. I am Bill Corpus Crispy Murphy, joined by the vice president of the network, Danny Abuay Reginald. How's it going, Bill? How you doing, my good friend? How are you? Um, not too bad, to be honest with you. Um, despite the fact that our baseball team is under 500 and still losing. Yeah, um, I, they were down, what, 7 nothing in, like, the second inning? Ridiculous. Uh, but other than that, I'm okay. Yeah. I've actually been okay. And, um, hey, look, we're one step closer to football. How about that? And, and, and I know it's preseason, but let's check. The Giants are winning, so... <laughs> I have something to smile about tonight. Um, I have something to be happy about. Okay, and I just want to say, for those of you who are wondering where I was on the Monday show, I was, um, no, Mike Rifkin, I wasn't hiding because I'm a Yankee fan. I was, I was a little under the weather, and I just didn't feel good coming on, so I took the night off. I know, so anticlimactic. Um, <laughs> But I'm back. I'm feeling better, and I am ready to go. Well, um, we got a pretty uh, serious show for you guys today. Um, yeah, a lot, lot of stuff going on. Yeah, and you know what? You know, well, let's start on a light note. I want to give a shout out to my brother Dan. Today's his birthday. He's in the twenty. He's twenty five. He's in the quarter century club. Let's go. So happy birthday, bro. Enjoy while it can, because it all goes downhill. <laughs> Dude, you know, this time next year, I'm going to be 30 years old. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Isn't I know, crazy? right? God damn. It's like... I rethink my life a little bit. <laughs> what was that? I rethink my life a little bit. <laughs> it's like when you're... It's like when you're young, you're like so itching. To, it's like... I remember the day after my 20th birthday, I literally started counting down the days till I turned 21. Yeah, I know. So I could partake in some... You know know, what's this. Yeah. Some... But then once I turned 21, I'm like, no, stop. I don't... Okay, I'm I'm good. I don't want to age anymore. And now... Yeah, I know. So, Dan, enjoy your birthday. You know, know, Dan, I... I remember Dan when I, it was my freshman year uh, in college, and we were doing our radio show. He comes in; his sports knowledge is unbelievable. I know, right? At times, at times, he he kills me in arguments. <laughs> he kills me too sometimes. He's better than me, uh, but no, please have happy birthday, buddy. You, yeah. you, you know, he was a that was back when he was a sophomore in high school. Yeah, crazy. And now he's twenty five years old, so. Yikes, where does the time go? Where does the time go? Great. Yeah. So we got some 
serious topics to discuss tonight. Yeah, um, we got the Wander Franco situation. We got the we got the whole blindside thing to talk about. It's just the what? Woof. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna begin with Wander Franco. You ready? Yep. Um Wander Franco is currently on the restricted list, and I know Patch and Mike talked about this on Monday. But hey, we want to give our insight too. Um Wander Franco from the Tampa Bay Rays is now on the restricted list because he is now being investigated for social media allegations of an improper relationship between him and a minor. Mm -hmm. Dude, this is very, very disturbing. Look, the second... And look, I, I understand. Look, people, adults everywhere, they have their sexual desires. They want to get intimate with people. And, you know, that's your human right. That's my opinion. The second anything involves a child or minor, let's say, give or take, under 16. 16 under me. Let's call it that. The second you engage, that's where you lose me. Oh, absolutely. Listen, I don't care what your sexual preference is. Mm -hmm. If it's male, female, whatever. As long as it's between two consenting adults. Mm -hmm. Keyword, adults and consenting. These children... If it's under 17, then then under eight. No, if it's a minor, then you can politely go. Word sure. I can't we'll, say. We'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Here's the deal. And I know kids out there, they go rogue and do whatever the hell they want. Children at any age, under, especially if you're under 16, they are not old enough to make such decisions to be with people of that age. They're not. Oh, absolutely not. It's, it, it is, it, they're, they're, they're not developed enough. They're still going through the motions of puberty and all that stuff. Don't tell me that it was two consenting people doing whatever. Bullshit. Uh. And like, listen, every state has a different age of consent. Some states yeah. are 16, some it's 17. It doesn't matter. But still, no, consenting adults. That is my thing. Consenting adults. I don't care about your sexual actions as long as it's consensual and it's between two adults. But, and you know what? And how he is getting involved with a I think they said she was, what, 14, I want to say? Yeah, it was two minors. That is disgusting. Yeah. That is absolutely just disgusting. 
No, I don't think he should be on the restricted list. If the investigation comes out that he was doing something with them, I think he should be banned from baseball. Well, here's the deal. I think he should be banned. Bye. MLB has done their or, – or is at least in in the middle of the investigation. I think they're about done. So they are doing whatever Dominican officials, and what they're finding out, the, all the details, is damning. And that's why he's on the restricted list. If I'm being honest with you, he'll probably be put on some type of administrative leave, and obviously he'll still get paid by the Rays. But eventually, when his leave is done, when he's taking off whatever list, like, the Rays can't bring him back. That's not a good look for the franchise. And, look, in America, if th- if you get caught being in this type of relationship with a minor, you go to jail. Absolutely. So I, would, I would imagine in the Dominican, I would imagine that – you would probably have some type of prison term or whatever punishment that the, their laws have over there. I, I'm again, I'm I'm not uh, an expert on Dominican law, but I'm I'm assuming it's pretty similar to what they do in America. They they really punish you for you know anything you do to children. Yes. So here's and like here's the thing. It's uh, and like listen, I think he should. I'm sorry, I think he. I don't think he should be put on the ministry. I think he should get banned from baseball. Well, he may not even play another game, though. So I don't know if that's going to matter in anything. Because people have gotten banned for a lot worse. Well, I mean, a lot. I'm I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. A lot less. For one thing, who's going to want him? And secondly. He might be going to jail here. He should be going to jail. And you know what? I think Rob Manfred, I know I've had my quarrels with you, but please do something decent and just bye. Say goodbye to him. Because let me tell you, if baseball, I know this is kind of on the way, if you're going to ban Pete Rose for gambling on his team, yeah, another Pete Rose defense, but you're not going to do anything about this freaking creep. But you're not going to do anything about this creep. I'm sorry. Like, listen, I know there's more questions on gambling against your own team and all that. But I think what Mr. Franco did is a hundred times worse. Oh, hands down. I mean, look, it's a shame because, you know, Franco's one of the best hitters in baseball. You know, he's at 281. He has 17 home runs. He's part of why the Rays are one of the best teams in baseball. Shame that this has to happen. Also, he went on social media the other day and you know did his little denials and all that stuff. What are you doing, bro? Like, come on, man. Obviously, this is like way before their road trip and stuff. He didn't make it to he didn't make it on the road with the Rays this this week. But Dude, you know, this is the time where you just keep quiet and don't say anything. Don't make it worse for you. You're already, it's already bad enough. So yeah, it's um, it's not a good look for him. Not a good look for the Rays if they do anything to keep him, which I think they have hearts and minds and they can think and 
be smart. So yeah, I think the Rays will do the right thing and not bring him back. Don't and bring it, him back. It, Tear it, up his contract. He might be. Yeah. This man should be in jail for it's what he did. It's a shame. And and you know, and just young people on social media with this. Yeah. I have a message for the young people. Don't please be safe when you're doing it. Be careful. Be careful when you're on these social media sites. Be careful. And do not allow anyone over the age of 20, whatever, to take advantage of your precious growing up little mind. You know, I'm not obviously. I'm not trying to tell them, hey, look, be smart. You know, this is on you. No, 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 no. The the, the children are not at fault here. No, you you are correct. They are not at fault here. You are 100% correct. They are not at fault. The- yeah, it, it, it will never be their fault. They're children. They don't know any better. Um, but but be, really, careful. be careful. Yeah. But be careful. Yeah, ex- there you go. Just be careful out there, you know. If somebody starts sending you messages that seem mm-hmm. uncomfortable, yeah, get out. And you know, get out. Report it to the authorities. Yeah. Like and if you, and if, and if you think you feel comfortable, well, guess what? You're not. No, please. You're never in a good situation. Period. And. I don't blame. I just want to say for the record, I don't blame the kids. Never, ever, ever. Like, do not blame the kids. But please, kid, if there are any young people out here listening, mm-hmm. and you go on, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, or oh, I'm sorry, X, X, Instagram. Yeah, there's our daily shot at Elon Musk. Um, Instagram. Snapchat, whatever. Be smart. Be careful. No, be care. Actually, no. Just be careful. Yep. Bottom line, just if someone is sending you messages and you feel uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. go tell your parents. Go tell the authorities. Please. So, um, Franco's gonna be out for a while. We, we, yeah. just, we are not gonna see him again. There's just and no- we are, and I am not gonna be shedding a tear. Believe me, believe me, I will not either. And listen, this guy had a great career and he messed it up. And you know what? Rightfully so. Yeah, and you know what? Shame. This Shame. guy is a creep. And if he's doing this with underage girls, you know what? I'm gonna call him what he is. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. The guy's a pedophile. Yeah. Sorry, right. he's a pedophile. And you know what? The Rays, they can live without him. They have, they have a good team. They can live without him. And the guy's a pedophile. So, so Wander Franco, you will not be missed. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. And yeah, there we go. 
So Wander Franco's being investigated. Um, hopefully his ass is going to be in jail. So anyway. Okay, moving on to another heavy story tonight. Um, okay, now this one's actually very interesting. Yeah. This has been going on for the past week. My former NFL player, Michael Orr, who is a subject of the movie The Blind Side. Have you seen, you've seen The Blind Side, haven't you? Yes. What were your thoughts on the movie, you know, before we talk about the story here? Well, the movie's always great. I mean, I watch it on repeat all the time. Um, yeah, no, the, the movie's great. It's a feel-good story. Look, anytime... I'm a sucker for like good, feel good type of story, you know, where people come from, you know, the ground up and work their way to fame and stuff. So I have no, I, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's awesome. Uh, but of course now with the recent news coming out, all the allegations, you know, it puts a damper on it. It does put a damper on it. So what's been going on is Michael Orr, who's the subject of the movie, Came out and recently came out and recently said filed a lawsuit mm -hmm. to say that the Tuies, the family that adopted him, didn't really adopt him. They put her in a conservatorship. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna be straight up honest with you folks. I am not a lawyer, I am not a legal scholar. So I'm gonna do my best to explain. In other words, they took control of the money. Yeah. Well, his assets, basically. Of yeah. his money. And basic and they're saying that the Tuies, the family that the family that um that that was with him and who was betrayed by who was betrayed in the blind side. Mm -hmm. That was betrayed in the blind side. They saying that they basically took his money and enriched themselves with it. Yeah. And saying that Michael Orr didn't get a dime from any of the royalties. And now they're filing a lawsuit and they're and at first I was thinking, okay, you know how they always say. There's two sides to every story. Mm -hmm. Reg, that's false. There's three sides. There's at least three sides to every story. <laughs> In the words of Mama Murph, there's his version, her version, and the truth. Right. And guess which we rarely and guess what we rarely get. Well, we won't get the whole truth. Times. Yeah, like I said, there's his version, there's her version, and the truth. Well, the family, I will say this. The family hasn't denied that they have put him in a conservatorship. That I think that you know, I'll give them points for being honest at least. We'll, we'll give them we'll make it clear about that. Um the twoies are claiming that they did it um from my understanding from what I got out of the story. They're claiming they did it so that they that the colleges, because he, he was being recruited by many 
teams, Tennessee, LSU, and obviously went to Ole Miss. They didn't want any colleges taking advantage of him or anyone in general taking advantage of him. So for Meyer saying that's why the conservatorship was put there. Um, but of course they're saying, no, 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 he received all the money and, you know, or at least a lot of it. And he still got to, you know, enjoy everything. My big thing is this. And I'm not, I, I don't know the Tui family. I'm not going to pretend to know. I don't know them either. I don't hang out with them. I, didn't, I don't have dinner with them. I don't play golf with yeah, them. Look, I'm just going off based off what we saw in the movie. Obviously, the, the book also explains the type of family they were too. Um, I'm going off based off what we know. The, the story that we were told. You know, it seems like they're nice people. But they also are a rich family. They're, uh, I'm trying not to put race here because I don't think they're racist people. I don't think that either. Yeah, I'm going to keep the racial aspect out of, yeah. out of this. But they are a white, well-off, probably rich family. With a nice house, a good life, they send their kids to private school, all that stuff. They were very well off. So it's not surprising that this is coming out because now we know, okay, well, Michael Orr is this big-time football player, big-time college guy and everything. You played for the Ravens, won Super Bowls and all that stuff. It's not surprising that a story like this would come out given the type of, of people they are. Rich, well-off people. I'm not saying that they don't love Michael Orr. I'm sure they do. I'm not saying they're racist. I'm sure they're not. But it is not surprising that they would put him in a conservatorship and pretty much retain all of his assets. Because this is what rich families do. They put people in conservatorships. Yeah, those that they want to protect, those that they want to make sure no one takes advantage of. And look, for some families, they do it, you know, for those reasons, making sure they stay safe. And others, they do it for control. And I don't know what the reasons were for it. I'm going to choose to believe that's true, that... Mike Gore was in the conservatorship and he didn't receive any of the money. Yeah, because, and I'm just going off on like what I know about conservatorships because, Reg, like I said, I'm yeah. not an yeah. expert. Yeah. Um, but okay, because Michael Orr was already an adult at this point. And from what I know about conservatorships, I'm just going off of what I know. Conservatorships are. They usually use conserv conservatorships are usually when they're for adults or people who have like mental health issues or, you know, people who are like, you know, we don't know what this person could do if we give them access to this money. Right. Like, you know, if you remember about a year or so ago, the whole thing with Britney Spears, mm -hmm. because... 
her father had her in a conservatorship because of her mental health. Exactly. And thankfully, Brittany got out of the conservatorship. But, you know, I don't know much about this type of legal stuff. And But if he's already an adult mm-hmm. and he has no... And he has no issues. He has no mental health issues or anything. Then I don't see why there's a conservatorship. Like I could probably see, like you said, maybe because they don't want people taking advantage of him. And Tui's the Tui family lawyer. The Tui family lawyer had said, go and listen. They loved Michael Orr like a son. Yeah, right. They loved Michael Orr like a son. And why would they want to take Michael Orr's money when Mr. Tui just sold his company for $220 million? These are the words of the lawyer. It doesn't matter. Though. That's ir- Okay, you know what? I just want to say to the lawyer. That's, that's nothing to do with anything. irrelevant. Nothing to do with anything. That that's irrelevant, uh, counselor. That's irrelevant to all of this. That those are two different scenarios. There, him having a business and selling it is completely different from, you know, receiving money from his time in the NFL. Like, those are two completely different things. You can't you can't say that they're both similar. They're not. So yeah, look. It, it does. My point is, it doesn't surprise me that a family like the Tuies, and again, not saying that they're bad people. I'm not saying that they don't love Michael Orr. And I don't. I'm not saying that they're racist, but it's not surprising that they would take advantage of the fact that he's gonna be. He, he was an NFL superstar ish. You know, obviously wasn't in the career for a long time but enough to win a super bowl enough to make himself a big name and obviously the movie pretty much uh uh made up made his legacy and stuff yeah i think it's not that surprising that they would take advantage of someone like michael Orr and make money off it does not surprise me i'm gonna choose to believe that this is true because this is what rich families do. And again, they can love him. They can support him. But they cannot lie to us and say, oh, this isn't true. No, you did it for your own personal benefit. Just own up to it. Yeah, and you know Just what? Own I, would, up to it. I want to go back to the lawyer's statement in which he said, in which he, you know, said, like, why would they want his money? He just sold his company for $220 million. Like you said, those two are total. I, we said those two are totally irrelevant. I think they're using that, like, we're, 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 we have money. We're fine. Yeah. But they're using that as a deflection. Like, and just, and just to know, the blind side grossed more money than Mr. Tui sold his company for. So, um, but the thing is, and I think with the lawsuit, is, I want to talk about the suit for a moment. Um, I think Michael Orr is saying that this lawsuit, that they can't na- use his name or likeness to make money or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
And and now I'm also hearing the Tuies or their attorneys are saying, well, they're just doing this. So I, I think Michael Orr actually has a book coming out. Yeah. yeah. He, has a book, he has a book coming out. And say like, he's just doing this for his book. He's just doing this for his book. And but but to the extent where it's like everywhere on the news, like come on. And this if is it, just if it wasn't I see that, that that's another thing. If he was really serious about it, he would go to this extent. If he wasn't as serious, he would scale it back. He would be like, no, 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 no. This is not true. Or some of it's true, some of it isn't. It's not that big a deal. And he would still promote his book. And guess what? People will still buy it because it's Michael Orr. He's on the blind side. Everyone knows that. Because, listen, I don't know what the agreements with, like, movie studios are. Like, if they, like, write a movie, I don't know if they, like, put him in some kind of contract and say, well okay, you can't write this book after so many years after the movie premieres. I have no idea. I, I wish Justin was here. He could probably help us with that because um, he knows everything about it, but about like movies and how those studios work and everything. I'm sure he'd have some very interesting things to say on the matter, don't you? Um, but the thing is, and and, you know, we'll get into, like, the movie a little bit because there's some other things that came out about that. But, you know, <laughs> if the Tuies use that money to control him, shame on them. Mm -hmm. The thing that annoys me is people who use their status, their money, and their power to control and manipulate others. Yep. It is disgusting, and it is the worst sin of all. It is the absolute worst sin of all. And again, we don't, but we don't know the whole story. Maybe they were doing that just to, like you said, just to maybe protect people from taking money from him. If that's the case, then okay. But if they said, yeah, we did that. So, so you know, Michael Orr didn't get a dime and we did that to enrich ourselves then. I hope the judge milk. I hope they milk them. They're they're gonna paint the picture as if they did it to protect Michael. That's how they're gonna paint it. But unfortunately, because of their status financially, people are gonna question it, and they have a right to. They have a right to. Um, now. As the story has gone on, there was a lot of hate going towards Sandra Bullock's way, which is completely unfair. You know, I agree. Sandra Bullock, look, she's a, she's an actress. You know, she and a very good actress. And look, she, I am sure they that all the actors and actresses on the Blind Side, you know, the Tim McGraw, Quentin Aaron, all them. I am sure. That they spend a lot of time with Michael Orr, with the Tui family, to make sure that they get it down packed and everything. To get their parts down and learn about the story and stuff. But it is not fair to be attacking any of the people who were part of that movie. 
They had nothing to do with this. They had nothing to do with it. They're they're just they're just playing a part. Like, listen, and then some people are saying that Sandra Bullock should get her Oscar taken away. No, that, that's ridiculous. It's absurd. And, and like, listen, that is like that's like, let's say if that's like saying, like, let's say if someone got an Oscar for playing, I don't know, a mob boss or someone who killed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's like saying, well, you got to take that person's Oscar away because of the actions of what that person did. That would make no sense. Oh, Sandra dude. Bullock has nothing to do with this. It, it, it's 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 Hollywood. It's listen, I story. Don't, I don't know if she knows Hollywood. the whole story. Yeah, and I guarantee Hollywood. you, I'm sure Michael Orr would probably would probably come out and say, yeah, don't take her Oscar away. He, she had nothing to do with this. Yeah, no. Look, but don't punish people for doing their jobs. Right. It, it, it's not her fault. She probably didn't even know this was a thing. You know? I don't know if she... Maybe she met the Tui family. I don't know. Well, they had to have known. Hung out with them at some point. But you want to know she got that She got... She got that accent like down, like to uh, that was really good. That she really got to the T. So she, there's there's no way they didn't spend any time. Um. But yeah, no, I I I don't understand the hate going towards Sandra Bullock. It makes no sense. She one hundred actress deserved every inch of the Oscar, the money that she got out of the movie because she did a fantastic job. And there's just it, it, to me, it's it's just insane that that people would ever think that um, she would you know conspire to do any of this. It, it's bullshit. It's ridiculous. And and like you know, the movie itself, Michael Orr, I think, came out and said he didn't really like the movie. Well, for the longest time, he had been saying that the movie. <clears throat> excuse me. As I try to take down this spicy chicken. <laughs> oh my God. Excuse me. I apologize. He had been saying for a long time, Bill, that the film, while good and feel good story and stuff, it did not paint a good picture of his life afterwards. So yeah, there are times where Michael Orr was you know, very unsupportive of the film. He has because I don't know. And again, this was a while ago. Um, I don't remember if Michael Orr did like any interviews to promote the film or anything. But I do remember the Tuies. And this was a while ago. I think they were on, I want to say it was on Fox News. It was just a a clip I, I saw. They were on Mike Huckabee's old show. And, and they told, and, you know, Mike Huckabee saying, well, the movie was great. My wife and I loved it. And he's going, how true was it? And, you know, the real Tuies were on, and Mrs. Tuie mm-hmm. said, well, there were some artistic liberties taken. Right. And they said, like, oh, the scene 
where we where we took Mike home with us. We actually dropped him off at a bus station or something like that. And then he came home with us. They're just going, they're they're just talking about semantics at this point. Right. They're talking about like, oh, I bet that it, it happened, but that's not the way it happened. It's yeah. like I'm sure a lot of things are dramatized, yeah. And like and it's like, you know, how Michael Orr is saying, like, they made it sound look like I never played football in my life. <laughs> how they basically made him look stupid. <laughs> how come it's like how Michael Orr is basically like going after the big picture? Yeah. And saying, like, no, I know what happened. I was there. They made me look like an idiot. Yeah. And you and know the what? I are just like, well, it happened that way, but okay. But if we have any southern listeners, I'm not making fun of you. It happened. It just didn't happen that way. It actually happened. We took him to a bus. Yeah. But they're just going after small little things. And if I'm sure the Tuies and Michael Lore have had conversations about this, right? And if they're and if they get asked about this movie, like again, them doing that interview, they're sitting there hamming it up. They should just straight up say, listen, or if they if you really love the twoies, if you really love your son, your your if you really love him like a son, don't do it. You shouldn't have done interviews with the move for the movie. You shouldn't have sat there and promoted it. Okay, maybe. Listen, maybe there were some things in their contracts that said, okay, you have to go on these shows to promote the movie. I don't know. But if... if it's not, And if it's not true that they they adopted because he's saying they didn't adopt it, then, like, what are we doing here? The man who you claimed to be like your son. Yeah, what are you doing here? The man who you claimed to be your son did not like the way he was portrayed in this movie. And like this, I just want to say, for movies, and here's what I always say, if you watched Mixed Bag, what I say with when I talk with my good buddy JT Mahoney, shout out to you, when, when we talk about movies that are based on a true story, I always say, take it with a grain of salt. Artistic liberties were taken. I always say it, take it with a grain of salt. There were liberties taken. There were artistic liberties taken. Um, but if this is and like, listen, sometimes if artistic liberties are taken in movies, okay, it is what it is. But this is not just, hey, you said this happened on a Tuesday. It actually happened on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Or I had a turkey sandwich for lunch that day. The movie said I had a ham sandwich. This is. This movie is making me look like an idiot. I'm not an idiot. I played football before this. I knew how to play football. I'm not unskilled like the movie taught me. Like the movie told you. I'm not stupid. That if you're these, these, this, this guy who you, the Tuies, claim to love like your son, like your brother, and I'm sure, again, Reg, I'm sorry I've repeated this. I'm sure they've had this conversation before. 
I'm sure they've had this conversation before. You? Sure. I'm sure they probably have had this conversation before. And they should have just declined to do any interviews, declined to do any promotion. If you, if you want to talk about your story, then you can. But the, the, the bottom line is this, look. The movie aside, because it's just a movie. Um, I think we're learning a lot more about what really went down during that time between Michael Orr and the Tui family. And what I'm saying is, if it's true, and I'm again, I'm choosing for it to be true because. Uh, it, it can't. It, it wouldn't be this series if Michael's like really like hounding onto it. It puts a damper onto the story because it is. If it is a feel good story, that is probably one of the best you know sports stories I've ever heard in my life. Do you think you'll ever be able to watch it the same way again? I uh, probably not. I mean, look, yeah, it's a. Now I'm gonna kind of wrestling with it because it's like it's a good story, but you know now it's like oh well, you know. I'm not saying all of it's a lie, but it's like, damn, shame. Not, shame. Listen, we don't know the whole story. Yeah. Well, well, more will come out for sure. And um, you know, I, hopefully in this lawsuit, the truth will be revealed. And like I said, his version, her version, the truth. We're not going to get the full truth. We're not. Sorry. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like I said, if the Tuies did that conservatorship to control Michael Moore and get money, then shame on them. Yeah. That is just that you basically use the guy who you claim to be like a son to you to win, to get money. And, and that look, is a disgusting, disgusting thing. And again, the lawyer saying that Mr. Tui sold his company for $220 million, which is totally irrelevant to any of us. They're just trying to deflect and say, well, it's not like we needed the money. And it's like, because look, we, we have the money. Because they don't need the money. I'm sure they're doing fine. I'm sure they're doing just fine. I'm sure they don't have to struggle to pay bills or pay rent. I'm sure they're doing just fine. But why bring that up? Uh, yeah. Oh my god, Th this is driving me crazy. It's a it's an interesting it's an interesting story and uh, it sucks. It puts a damper onto the story. It really does. Because when it, I first saw the movie, I remember I actually had I actually got a little teary eyed because it's a it's a feel good story for sure. Yeah, the two scenes that made me cry in that movie. The first, uh, okay, three. The first one was the. Do you have anywhere to stay tonight? He goes, "Don't lie to me," and they go, and he goes home with them. And the other two, um, and I forgot what the I'm forgetting what the other one was, but the I 
that last scene in the movie when oh okay the sec second one is when the when the two we said we just want to ask you would you be would you want to be a part of this family and he's like i thought i already was and then at the end when he go when they're talking about um a young man who was killed who actually ended up being a friend of michael war yeah and said and sandra bullock says in the um voiceover because that could have been anyone could have been my son michael and all i can say is this puts a big damper i will never watch that movie the same way again yeah i know it shame the two e's they lie to us yeah and you know look just thinking about what Michael Orr has been through through his life, you know, being homeless in the streets of Memphis and, you know, having his rise to NFL um, stardom and stuff. And then to this, shame. It's a shame. So... So yeah, that's our thoughts on this. Sorry we went on for a while about it, but mm-hmm. big story. And um, we're going to keep an eye on where we go, where it goes with this. And, and you know, hopefully we'll, you know, we'll, once the court case is settled, we'll let you know what we think. And um, I might want to read Michael Moore's new book, you It's interesting now, for sure. Yeah, I think I think this is controversy sells, Reg. I think a lot of people are going to be running to pick up Michael Lore's book, and they're probably going to be thinking, "Ooh, what really happened?" And I guarantee you, the two E's are going to probably try to seek an injunction. Well, they'll do anything to make sure that they get theirs. Again, but um very rich family they will find anyway um so w- with that said um we move on and we hope that all goes well with Mike Lord his pursuit for the money that he truly deserves um from all that stuff um just a quick note um I know I haven't been around lately, and I do want to apologize um, for not being on the podcast, whether that's Batter Up, whether that's SIP. Um, unfortunately, there was, there's stuff going on at work that um, is keeping me from doing all these uh, podcasts, so it's been pretty tough for me to get on the shows. I do want to thank Bill and Patch and Rifkin um, for um, – you know, being very understanding of the situation and, um, you know, obviously the, the podcast is nothing without them. So, uh, and the podcast is nothing without you either. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you. And thanks for your understanding. And, um, I'm going to try my best to be better at one taping podcast and two getting podcasts out 
sooner rather than later. I know a lot of the podcasts of late have been out much sooner. Sorry, I've been out much later than it should be. Uh, and um, th- that that obviously is on me. And I, I want to just apologize for that. And uh, again, just thank people for their understanding. And I, I want to be back full time on each of the podcasts soon. Right now, I can't do that. And, you know, I'll be on when I can. So just uh, be patient with me. And I, I I really appreciate you folks, the listeners, and, for listening to me. And Reg, we 100% understand. Like, guys, we love doing this thing, but you all got to understand life happens. Yeah. Work happens. Stuff yeah. happens. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been a pretty tough time for me. Um, What's not making it easier is the fact that the Yankees are under 500. And let's be real, Bill, they're going to finish under 500 this season. For the first time since 1992. And it's probably for the best because then we can actually have a excuse to fire Aaron Boone, to fire Brian Cashman, and for Hal Steinberg to be like, this is unacceptable. But I don't know. And I'm uh, actually going to go watch the suffering live this Sunday morning of the game. Well, good luck to you. Now, I'm with JT Mahoney. Oh, my good friend JT Mahoney. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Here's a tease. If we were in Hal Steinbrenner's position, what would we do? That is what you're going to find out on Batter Up soon. Really? Assuming that'd be a bomber's banter thing, too? Or. Oh. Uh, well, now we'll talk about that off camera. Let me repeat that. Let me repeat that. Thank God for editing. Thank you. That will be on Bomber's Banter the next time we do Bomber's Banter. Hmm. What do you think about that, Bill? Yes, I a think little, we should. A little tease to our next uh, show. Because Bomber's let's, let's Banter. Because let's be real. Let's be real. Next time we talk about Bomber's Banter, the Yankees are not going to be in the playoffs. So, the, the, what's so the we might as so what? We might as well do the end season. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but we'll either gonna do it this bombers banter or we'll do it in September. Either one of those. But that's a tease to the next bombers banter that we have. Um, but we know what Hal Steinberg is gonna do. Of course, of course, we know what he's gonna do. He's gonna do nothing. <laughs> and um, you know what? I, I want to ask for the game. For the game, little fun question here. We had a serious show, so we gotta lighten the mood a little. Mm-hmm. What inning do you think JT and I are going to be walking to the train by? Fifth inning. You're calling it the fifth. The Yankees will probably be down by 10 runs. And, and, and did you know what the thing is? Last year, okay, yeah, they had that crappy second half, but this team, when they were down, at least they didn't quit and they came back and they tried to make games competitive. Right. This team. You're down. You're down a couple runs in like the second. And once again, Boone, rather than doing whatever it takes to win a game, he punts on it because that's what he does. He just punts. Yeah, you know what we should call this? It's it, in today's episode of stupid people do stupid things. <laughs> that, no, that probably happens around the world every day. But anyway, um. But yeah, um, 
the Yankees, it's just embarrassing. It's a, it's a shame. And it's just embarrassing, man. And it's annoying. It's annoying that we're, we're being fed this lie. And the Yankees like to tease us and they like to tell us that we're, we're okay. When in fact, the Yankees have never been okay. They haven't been okay since they fired Girardi. I'm just going to say it out there. The Yankees have not been okay since they fired Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi was the last good manager. Yeah, uh, the, a binder, just like Aaron Boone. But at least Girardi is a baseball guy. He used to be a catcher, and he knew when to flip it, where it's like, okay, no, no, no. We have to go with our guts. We have to be honest with ourselves. So yeah, Shane. This is probably the worst Yankee season I've ever experienced in my life. The worst. In our 29, 28 years of living, this mm-hmm. is the worst team I've seen. The worst. The worst. And like, you know, it's on we par. Had- it's on par, Bill, with like a Oakland A's, Washington Nationals. And like we, we have seen seasons when the Yankees don't make the playoffs, 2008. 2013, 2014, and 2016, but at least they had winning seasons. Mm-hmm. This is just mm-hmm. Let's be real, Bill. On, in those years, they overachieved on those years. They were not good. Those were not good Yankee teams. No, they, they weren't. Like, well, they still managed to find ways to get 85 wins, 90 wins, and stuff. And because you know what it is? And, and I actually read this on one of my fan pages the other day. And it's like, well, those years, they, they said there were distractions. 2008, oh, that was the last year of the original Yankee Stadium. 2013, that was the year Mariana Rivera retired. 2014, that was the year Derek Jeter retired. 2016, that was the year A-Rod and CC retired. Mm-hmm. Twenty. What's your excuse now? Yeah. Um, and... What are the players doing about you? What are the veterans doing about this? You know, Aaron Judge has this massive contract, became captain, and it seems like he's very accepting of this type of play. If and listen, I'm going. If Derek Jeter was still captain, Derek mm-hmm. Jeter would not accept this. He would not accept it. And I'm not. I'm not blaming Judge for this season because it's not. And listen, I think this season he's fault. just been. Yeah, no, it's not his fault. Look, he hurt his toe. And that that pretty much derailed the Yankees season. The Yankees were not the same since then. And, and I, but no, I think at the end of the season, going into the next season, Aaron Judge needs to step up. Yeah, he be needs the leader, to, be the captain. He needs to be a clubhouse leader and be like, look, last season it was it was a bad season, and we just have to own up to it. In twenty twenty four, this type of play ain't gonna fly with me. I want to win a World Series. And right now, our window is closing shut in a millisecond. That's what he needs to do. He needs to come out and say, look, our window is about to close. It is this shut right now. Just one more pull down and we're through. We could have sold in 2023. They did not, which was a mistake, by the way. But, you know, look, the bottom line is the the – Especially with Judge, since he has the seat, 
he has to, has to come out and say, 2024, it has to be a different season. It has to be. We have the team to make a playoff run. We have the team to make a World Series run. We had expectations to make a run. And look again, not Judge's fault. He was hurt. If he was healthy, and look, this is a different conversation. If he was healthy, he would probably be playing better. Believe me, the Yankees would probably be maybe a third wild card team. But But the thing is, and you know what I think he's saying? We can talk more about this on Bomber's Banter. I want the end of the season. I want Hal Steinbrenner to face the media. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by face the media, Hal, don't go run to Michael K. Show. No, you, you're 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 gonna you're gonna do a tour. You can go on FAN and talk with Mets fans who are gonna this radio because they've seen this before with their owner and they've done that before with their owner. So they will ask you real questions. But you know what? And then this is and Griffin and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. The problem is every time something bad happens. He runs to the Yes Network. He runs to Michael K because he knows Michael K is not going to be tough on him. Yeah. He knows so Michael K is going to throw softballs down the plate. He needs to go to FAN with a bunch of Mets fans where they'll ask questions. He needs to go to John Boy with a bunch of Yankee fans, real Yankee fans, that are going to ask tough questions because they speak for the fan and not for you know, the Yankees. Hey, dude, let's get John Boy on Bomber's Banter. What would you say to that? I would love to have Jimmy on. Dude! Should we? Jimmy O'Brien. Come on, man. You know what? I think we should. It, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> it would not hurt. You know what? If he Even if he says no, we tried. We tried. But John Boy... Come on. Come on, man. Come on, Bombers Banter. We want to talk. Just come on, Yankee fans to Yankee fan. Let's have a little fun. I am sending this invite to you, buddy. Come on, bud. Let's come. Come on. Let's do it. Um, Look, when we get back on Bombers Banter, whenever that is, uh, we'll pose the question. If we were Hal Steinbrenner, what we would what would we do? That's a tease. Um, before we go, um, usually on the show, especially when Rifkin's on, we like to uh, take little jabs at Nate Moser because uh, it's fun. The past time here, yeah, it's it's uh, it's fun to do that, and we love him, but we also. Uh, I have this uh, strange love hate relationship on our show. It's a it's crazy how how much we make fun of him, how much we give him crap for all the shit he does. Uh, oh, Nate, if you're listening, I hope you know it's all out of love. Yeah, um, and we are sending love today because um, uh, to Nate Moser, to the entire Buffalo community, um, Rick Jenneret. Now, um. Rick Jenneret spent five decades calling Buffalo Sabres games. Bill Murphy. Yes. Five decades. God bless him. 
five decades in Buffalo. Who the hell will want to stay in Buffalo for five decades to call hockey games? God bless him. I mean, unbelievable. Um, one of the, I mean, look, I, I obviously got to know him in my time um, being around the annoying Buffalo sports fans in Oswego and um, everything. Uh, I was first introduced to him in college. One of my, uh, one of my uh, roommates over the Dutch's dorms, they, he, he was from Buffalo and he, he would show me these highlights of Sabres and stuff. And there's this, this big, annoying, loud broadcast. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? He's like, oh, he's a legend. And I was like, legend? This guy's awesome. <laughs> Having calls like May Day and, you know, all these crazy, crazy calls. Like, unbelievable. Rick Jenneret passed away um, on Thursday at the age of 81. And, again, just the 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 just a pioneer and icon in Buffalo sports media for a lot of hockey fans. He's part of the reason why they want to be broadcasters because of people like him, someone who um, is funny, someone who tells great stories, someone who knows the game inside and out, someone that loves the community he serves. And ultimately he, like many, many great broadcasters, know how to do it right mm-hmm. so hard to just get it right and sometimes you don't even know what you do as a broadcaster is right but every single time this guy opened his mouth and he would do play-by-play for hockey he got it right and for that Buffalo sports fans should be grateful for his presence and they're going to miss him like hell. They just um, put his, uh, uh, they just uh, retired, they did like a retirement ceremony type of thing. They put him in the rafters up in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, just an in- incredible, incredible life. And, you know, 50 years in Buffalo. God bless him. And God I rest his never, soul. Never. And look, I love Buffalo. Never. Uh, rest in paradise at the fine young age of 81. Rick Jenner passes away. God bless him. Sending love to all the my friends up in Buffalo. I know this is a very tough day for them. They grew up watching him. Um, they're all, a lot of the, well, pretty much all of them are pretty much Sabres fans, so Please uh, send love over to the Buffalo community. This is hard, hard day for them. So um, we love you and um, you'll get through it. It's a tough day, but you'll get through it. Absolutely. And uh, with that. That's the show. That's the show. Serious show, but you know what? It's okay. We have to take the serious route. Oh, NBA schedule came out and Knicks play on Christmas. So that's great. And you know who also plays on Christmas? Who? My beloved New York Giants. <laughs> so you mean tell me we're going to have some basketball and football? Oh, that's going to be a day, bro. Well, what time? What time the Knicks play on Christmas? Twelve. Oh, they're 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 a noon start. They're facing the Bucks. I think Giants are playing like four thirty. Okay, so we can probably get both games in. Yeah, so the Knicks are going to be done by then. 
it'll it'll probably end by like two. So you'll so if if anything, like I'll probably have time to get done with the Nick game and then prepare myself for the Giant game because uh, I know it's gonna be nationally televised. That there's no way that's gonna um, that they're gonna put on local television. That'll be that'll be a ripoff. And don't uh, you know. Don't put it on Amazon. That, that's the thing. Don't put it on Amazon. No, no, no. I think it's going to be a network game. Good. Um, you know who they're – and you know who they're playing on Christmas? Who are they playing? They're playing the Eagles. Ooh. Who, who do I root for? Oh, dude. Come on. I would say uh, nobody because <laughs> I'm okay. not an Eagles fan. I'm not a Giants fan, so I don't care. You got to root for New York, though. Am I right? Uh, sure, why not? But yeah, yeah, but it's like when I told my dad that, he's like, what idiot made this schedule? <laughs> God, who knows? Okay, the game's going to be on Fox. Yeah. Um, in any case, um, Nick's, Nick's play on Christmas. Fine. The uh, sensation of the NBA draft, Victor Wembanyama, he will be on eleven nationally televised games. So we're gonna get plenty of Wemby. Uh, um, we're gonna get plenty of Wemby this season uh, on your TV screens. And believe me, he's gonna be a fine player. I know his height and you know the fact that he falls a lot. I understand. It'll probably come back to bite him later in his career. But enjoy it now, Spurs fans. That's all I'll say. Enjoy it now. Enjoy it now, folks. On you, this fine young player. So, yeah. So, now, that is the show. That is the show. If you you like what you see here, and why wouldn't you? Because isn't this content amazing? It is. Go to www.thesportsandsandynetwork.com and check us out on all the social medias. Reggie, take it away. On X. 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 Take that, Elon. Um, at S Insanity Real. Uh, that's for the network. At SIN Sports Insane, that's the podcast. Uh, at S Insanity Real on Facebook as well. That's a real name, Facebook. Um, I'm thinking maybe we should try threads at some point. I don't know. It's kind of a boring app, but you know, let's try it. Why not? I'm hearing mixed reviews. <laughs> well, m- my issue with threads, Phil, is that you can't get these live, the live feed of your post. It's all big. It's like Facebook. It's like Instagram. I mean, pretty much the entire company is based on algorithms. Like what you like and stuff. It's like, nah, man. I want, I want a live feed of shit. So that's my only critique. Uh, All right. Find us on those socials. YouTube, Sports Day Network. Please follow us on YouTube. We have a lot more content coming. Football starting, so you'll definitely get content there. And follow the rest. Or a podcast. It's great. Danny so, so, so for the Sports Sanity Network, I'm Bill Corpus Crispy Murphy. Danny Bird Reginald. 
This has been the bottom of the fifth inning of the 15th game of the Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. We will see you next week, folks. Stay safe and take care. Deuces. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network.